Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's still a happy new year, I hope. Well, if you're a Christian and we know that Jesus is returning and we have that blessed hope and we are waiting, that is one of the main things that makes it a happy new year. We are one day closer to his return, and uh, we know that um, the Lord God of armies is working in the heavenly realms. And so let's go to him in prayer. Father, thank you that uh, you just reminded us, I think, that you are always working. You are never surprised about what's happening here in the natural realm, in this world, in America. Um, Father, you are in complete control, and you have heard the prayers of millions upon millions of saints asking for mercy for America, but many of us have also been crying out to you that the, the church would repent, Lord. I don't believe that's happened, and um, we just pray that your will be done. We know judgment is coming, and in, we know judgment begins with the house of God. And, Father, we just pray that our hearts would be right before you. So soften our hearts, forgive us of our sins, cleanse us, O God, and renew us according to your word, that we might do what you call us to do and be salt and light in this country that is so dark and divided now. Uh, We just pray, God, you give us strength one day at a time and ask again that you would increase our faith And teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We love you, Lord. We thank you so much that we have a hope that is just amazing, that no one can take from us, and we know that it's true because we've read the back of the book. And if God be for us, who can be against us? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we want to get right to our guest today from Texas, Elijah Abraham, a teacher of pastors. He's an evangelist, a former Muslim from Living Oasis Ministries. Elijah, so good to connect with you again. Good morning. It's always a pleasure to be with you, brother. Yes, thank you. Well, we talked a little bit on the phone last night, and I just want to bring people into that conversation because we, we talked about a lot of things because there are a lot of things to discuss with so much going on, not only in the country but in the church. And uh, we just want to start with you and an update on what your ministry has been doing. I know you've been doing a lot of Zoom and whatever, you know, uh, FaceTime, all this other stuff uh, online with people, but you're still connecting with churches in other countries. So give us an update on your ministry first. Yeah, uh, thank you for asking. Um, you know, like everybody, uh, like other ministries and missionaries, uh, last year with the uh, coronavirus, it really shut everybody down as far as uh, travel. Uh, so... Uh, I've been grounded. I had five. I had last last year. I had five mission trips canceled, um, or the the airlines canceled these trips. And so uh, we just stopped praying. It's okay, Lord. Um, it's really out of my hands. Oh, so I'm available. I have the time. What do you like, like me to do? It's interesting. Um, I never heard of Zoom until uh, April of last year. And um, God started opening these doors. So I'm still connected to my groups. Um, I have a 
bi-weekly uh, Zoom conference uh, or training or discipleship training uh, to young believers in Indonesia. Uh, and um, the numbers of those who join us in Indonesia uh, keep increasing. And the blessing is I have young believers, what well, I mean young, young in the faith, but also young in the age, as young as 15 years old. Um, and that really blesses me. And we are basically going through biblical foundations and doctrines, and they are just hungry to learn, have incredible questions, deep questions, um, that uh, it just blesses me with these discussions. Also did a conference for pastors in Bulgaria, uh, and that went really well. We had about 30, 35, and uh, about three weeks ago, I did a conference uh, for pastors in Moldova. We had about 50 pastors, uh, and that went really well. And we are looking at the possibility having this on a regular basis, uh, maybe bi-weekly or monthly. Um, I have been asked to do uh, pastors' conferences and training for India as well as Nepal. Uh, right now, we are waiting for the logistics for them to all the technology to get together to, uh, to see all of this and also for me to uh, work out the dates. Also here in America, uh, been doing um, small groups, uh, Zoom teaching uh, and discipleship. So it's been it's been really uh, uh, interesting year. Last year, uh, I had to learn the technology side of things, <laughs> but also the Lord uh, grounded me last year uh, to uh, get my health back. Uh, I had some challenges. Uh, I had three uh, major surgeries and. Mm. So I'm still going through uh, the recovery side of things. Uh, praise the Lord for technology as well as medical uh, availability that we enjoy in this country. Um, also, the Lord gave me uh, time to um, write some curriculums, uh, teaching material for uh, these young believers overseas. So what's a a busy year last year? Wow! In spite of all the shutdown and everything, I praise the Lord for it and. Uh, we have to be very careful not to focus on the negative, focus on uh, what would happen, the bad things. I had to um, remind myself, and like what you said in your prayers, God is on his throne. He's in control of everything. And he's my father. He's your father. Uh, and he loves us. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to focus on the blessings instead of the challenges uh, and uh, I had to focus on the joy instead of fear. Uh, and that's something that, um, you know, I tried to challenge Christians. It's really, it's your choice. You choose to be in fear or you choose to be uh, in the Lord and with full of joy. Um, you have to uh, consciously rely on the Lord and his resources in prayer and in his word. And that's really what gave us, keeps us going. That's what differentiates us from, from the world and those who don't know Christ. Mm. Amen, brother. Um, we have, interestingly, we've been busier than we've ever been, too. We've been fortunate. I try to uh, avoid complaining because I know there are a lot of people out there that have lost their jobs due to COVID, due to employers. Uh, uh, some have had to leave their jobs because of mask mandates and they had they had legitimate health issues and others right. others you know companies just had to cut back whether it be the restaurant industry the travel industry there's so many people that have lost jobs so 
Um, I'm glad that you're you're still able to minister and that we have modern technology, which can be used for good, just as the enemy is using it for evil. We're going to get to that uh, technology, the big tech media conglomerate, and this control that they have in America, really of um, uh, the narrative in America. They are controlling public opinion, and they're heavily influencing and it's a completely one-sided media. So what we, I talk a lot about that so we don't have to be uh, redundant. But I do want to get your thoughts on that. But I want to read really quickly uh, a couple comments from people. One, just one right now from Eric Metaxas. Um, he said, I'm still unfortunately convinced numerous bad actors participated in robbing we the people of our legitimate voice in this 2020 election. But rather than letting it be investigated and exposed— the powers that be last night chose to sweep it under the rug and turn the page. If millions of voters believe Joe Biden was not legitimately elected, we have no choice but to push ahead to find out precisely what happened. If he is inaugurated nonetheless, which seems inevitable apart from a miracle for which I'm still praying, rest assured, his term in office will be fatally eclipsed by the largest asterisk in the history of the world, which will hang over it like a black cloud, what happened in that election was disgraceful and no amount of virtue signaling over the circus in the Capitol the other day can change that. And of course, I encourage you guys to look up Eric Metaxas' show. He does a lot of phenomenal interviews with pastors and Christians, people like politicians and others. But Elijah, your thoughts on some of these points uh, very well a good perspective, I think, from Metaxas. Oh, I totally agree with what uh, he said in his assessment. But before I continue with that thought, uh, I want to go back to what you said about people losing their jobs and um, and what, what the pandemic has done to their yes. financial life as sure. well as their family life and their isolation. Um, you know, our ministry, just like any other ministry, we did have uh, loss of donors, uh, which was a challenge. But at the same time, God's faithfulness, and he showed me and my wife that uh, he's the one who called us to this ministry. He's the one who opened these doors, uh, and we just have to rely on him. And that means we might have to make some changes in our lifestyle or our expenses and so on. And, uh, and, he, and we're still here. Um, that doesn't mean that there are some people who's not, uh, who are suffering hardship, uh, financial hardship, um, that um, things going to get any easier so, uh, soon. But my encouragement to them is just keep praying. The Lord, you, if you just do that and trust him, believe me, he is faithful. He loves you. He will come through for you. Uh, I, and you know me better than anyone else. It's, it's just I'm not here preaching prosperity and health and wealth gospel here. Mm -hmm. What I'm telling you is you trust in the Lord. He will take care of his people. And, and he will. He will open doors that he never thought it will be open. Who would have thought that I will be still doing international ministry out of my uh, living room at home? Never thought of my wildest dreams. And here we are. Mm -hmm. So I just want to encourage people who are having these difficult times yes. uh, financially, uh, trust on the Lord. Yes. Uh, now, I know there are some people having difficult times in isolation, being isolated mm -hmm. and they cannot see their families and so on. Uh, 
if you don't know anything about uh, technology, have someone help you, help you get a little computer, put it in front of you and do at least you see them through Zoom or some other video technology. Um, but at the same time, don't give up the, uh, you know, don't forsake the assembly of, of the church. There are some churches who are brave enough. They are still meeting and praise God for them. Yes. Um, do that. If your church uh, shut down, find another church while they are open. Go among believers, sing the songs of praise and worship, listen to the word of God being preached and be encouraged and pray with others. This will lift up your spirit and continue to uh, help you in this difficult time because that's exactly what we did. When our church shut down, uh, we went and started finding which church is open. And mm. when we found that there's a church open, we went there. It's not our church, but they are part of the body of Christ. They're our, our godly family. So think about that. Just because you your church is shut down, that doesn't mean you are anchored in your home. Find another home church that will welcome, will open their arms to you and your family. So I just want to put that out Thank you. Uh, to people because we need to be among God's people. We need to hear God's word preached faithfully, not uh, this nonsense uh, that's being preached from some of some pulpits. Uh, so I encourage you to do that. And if you are unable, get on uh, on uh, on computer and live stream uh, wonderful live services that uh, uh, God is using some men of God who are preaching the word. So, yes. I want to I want to put that out there now back to oh hold it uh, Elijah hold let me let me yeah. just uh, stop you just for a second before you comment on Eric Metaxas thoughts on uh, the country the election what happened in the Capitol and and just how the Biden Harris administration is going to move forward I just also want to mention a few things I read something that was kind of encouraging that uh, uh, Peter Heck wrote that for him personally 2020 was an amazing year despite the lockdown and he just shared a few points and, and like what you were saying, there are some good things that came out of even the COVID restrictions. He said, I've been able to engage in a far more intentional way in the spiritual discipleship of my own children than I would have under normal circumstances. He said, my wife and I have had deeper conversations, spending more quality time together than we had in our previous years of marriage. He said, um, now they were spared the grief of losing any family members to COVID, but he said, we've avoided debt and we've done more game nights. And so there are some things that I think a lot of people could say, yeah, if I think about it, some positives came out of the lockdowns and what the year that 2020 was. But now back to what Eric Metaxas shared, Elijah. He's very concerned. He's still praying for a miracle, but he's been interviewing people, experts and pastors and giving a, a biblical perspective on what has happened, what did happen with the election and where we're at. Plus, there are people that were impersonating Trump supporters at the Capitol and wreaking havoc. And the media, of course, labeled them as rioters and labeled all Trump supporters as racist. And it's just so wrong and it is complicit what the media has done. Right, right. I totally agree with what Eric has uh, uh, said and published uh, in his assessment of what happened. Um, look, many Christians and many Americans really never experienced um, government oppression. Uh, they know there was uh, you know, corruption, but they never experienced oppression and uh, totalitarianism. I have. 
I grew up in such country like Iraq and the Saddam Hussein, but also uh, in our ministry, I go to countries where the church is persecuted. There is no freedom of speech. There is no freedom of religion. Uh, there is totalitarianism. Um, even if there is election, it's always rigged, and you'll see the same person getting elected over and over again, over again, and he's been there for about 20, 30 years. Mm. Um, and the oppression is real, uh, and unfortunately that many Americans just now uh, waking up to a rude awakening, Yes, and they have so much time to play catch-up, and there is no time, not enough time. I mean, we have... Um, a new administration will be coming that um, it's communistic, totalitarianism. Elijah, we may have lost you. Let me just give you a couple seconds if you can hear me. Okay, we've got three minutes before we need to take a break. Anyway, we are going to reconnect. If you're not familiar with uh, his ministry, the website again is livingoasis.org, livingoasis.org. That's for Elijah Abraham. If you're not familiar with Eric Metaxas, I encourage you to look him up. Uh, he is a believer. He wrote a great book several years ago, a lot of good books, but one book called Bonhoeffer uh, on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, but he interviews a lot of phenomenal guests, and uh, so check out the Eric Metaxas show. Um, his comments, I think, were so—it wasn't lengthy, but he made a couple points in three or four sentences that I thought— Yes, especially the one I want to point to here when he said um, the, the term of office that Biden and Harris will assumedly experience in the next four years will be fatally eclipsed by the largest asterisk in the history of the world, which will hang, hang over it like a black cloud. I believe that's correct. Um, it's sad, though, that this country is now possibly permanently not only damaged but divided and now we are going to have millions and millions of people tens of millions with no faith in the election system the system of voting and how we elect candidates and select our government so it's going to be very interesting going forward to see if people will actually get back to the polls in the next, like the 2022, <laughs> those are the next elections two years away. I mean, a lot's going to happen in two years. But there, there's always going to be voter fraud. There almost always has been. There always, if, if the heart of man is evil and beyond cure, and you've got people who are worldly and secular and socialists and, and atheists and others who are godless, in government and run, you know that they're going to try to cheat in elections. So knowing that is going to happen. And this was just a big surprise because they had to overcompensate for the red wave of Trump voters in you know 2020. They weren't ready for it. That's what happened in the middle of the night. But you know it's going to be cheating and fraud and all these other voting issues going forward. So what has to happen, don't give up. Don't lose faith in the system or in America. We just have to get more Christians to the polls. You know, there's tens of, how many? I think um, tens of millions of Christians don't vote right now. Did you know that? If only a couple million more Christians went to the polls and voted. Of course, biblical Christianity. The election, even with all the cheating, they couldn't over, they couldn't compensate for that. So just remember that, friends. Even with the elections, it's not over. But we're going to have a tough road ahead. 
More with Elijah Abraham, God willing, when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We have reconnected with Elijah Abraham of Living Oasis Ministries, and we were talking about voting in elections. Elijah, we are so spoiled here in the United States. We have free elections, for one thing, where the people can select their leaders. There's always cheating, but in other countries, they're looking at America and at Christians and going, wait a minute, you guys don't even go to the polls and vote? And tens of millions of believers don't. So your thoughts quickly on that. Yeah, that, that's really the heartbreaker for me. Um, you know, one thing I look at it from a biblical point of view, uh, as a Christian, I am the uh, light and salt of the world. Um, and that's from the spiritual sense as well as from the physical sense. In the spiritual realm, I'm the light and salt. Uh, I want to share the gospel with, uh, with the, those who do not know Christ. Uh, I want to expose darkness uh, in their life. And how do I do that? Not because of me, but because what I'm presenting, which is Christ Jesus. Uh, he is the light of the world. But also, as a salt within the church, is to preserve sound biblical doctrine and discipleship. That's on the, phys- on the spiritual sense. But on the physical sense, I live in America. And in America, uh, how can I uh, expose darkness? By me speaking out against uh, the social issues cultural issues that are evil or dark or immoral. Um, these are the things that I can expose, but also as salt is to preserve the foundation this nation was established upon, uh, and that is we have annual rights uh, to pursue happiness and also to freedom of speech and freedom of religion, uh, which that's how the, this country started, uh, that uh, you got the pilgrims left uh, Europe because of religious persecution, and they wanted a place where they could worship God freely. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me not to participate in the election process, I am not really being the light or the salt in this country. Uh, so for me to be participating in election, whether it be local, uh, state, or national, I have to look at those who are running for office and measure their character, measure what they stand for, are they in line with my values? Are they in line with biblical values? Um, I know I am not electing a preacher mm-hmm. or a pastor, but that's close as possible to what uh, the Bible instructs me to live in such country. But yet, for Christians not to participate in this, they are really doing disservice, one, to this country, but two, they are not doing what God has called us to do, to be the light and salt in our nation, in the physical realm, hmm. but I'm not going to talk about the spiritual realm because that's between them and God. Are they going to share the gospel with people? I don't know. Are they going to disciple others? I don't know. That's not my job. That's between them and, and God. But on the physical realm, if they are not participating, basically they are allowing uh, evil, uh, demonic spirit to manifest itself in the physical realm through the actions of those who do not believe in Christ, don't even care about biblical values, and they have an agenda such as the homosexual marriage and um, uh, all these evil things and pedophilia and all of that Mm. and being pushed on us. So when I hear Christians, some, not all, but those who complain about all things, this, that, and the first thing I ask them, I say, okay, great. Have you voted last time? Last election was the last 
when was the last election you voted? And oh, I don't vote. I'm mad at this, mad at that. Then I said, I really don't want to hear what you have to say. Then. <laughs> With all due respect, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear it because you are complaining about something that you could have done something to change it. Uh, people say, well, I'm just one voice. Yeah, that will make a difference. If you say I'm one voice and another person I'm one voice, and then oh, we'll have more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many evangelicals in America. But could you imagine every evangelical adult could have voted in this past election? Uh, we could have made a big, huge dent, believe me. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes. What really broke my heart way back in 2008, uh, you got 45% of evangelicals uh, have uh, voted for Obama. And we know what Obama stood for. Yep. Uh, he stood for abortions. He stood for partial birth abortion. He stood for homosexual marriage. He stood for uh, socialism, communism. He, he stood for pro-Islam and Islamic agenda. But yet he got 45% of evangelicals voted for him. Yes. And that to me, you know, look, from my background, where I came from, I just cannot comprehend. It's like, okay, which Bible are you reading? What kind of values are you uh, upholding? Uh, is it just because you want to be part of history that you voted for a black president for the first time? Some people. I would love to vote for a black president, yep. but not that particular black president, because I know what he stands for. Yes. So these are the things that we need to kind of re-challenge each other as Christians, and just iron sharpens iron, because our nation, look, this nation, the way it is, it did not happen overnight, because the reason that it's the result is a byproduct of the silence of the church back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and the 70s, and here we are. So it did not happen overnight. Right. It's been so very gradual. And Elijah, a point that you're making is Christians have a responsibility to stand against evil because evil is being called good all across the land in every major institution in America and throughout our culture. Evil is being called good. And some people in the church say, no, we just need to be about you know, God's business in the church. What is the church? It's not a building. It, we are a movement, a body of Christ. We are supposed to influence. We're supposed to share the gospel, but we're supposed to change people. God changes hearts, but we can impact our If you love your neighbor, do you want your neighbor's daughter to be raped? No. Well, they are raping the minds of young people in today's godless education system, Hollywood, Big tech, they are literally, I mean, it's, it's just crazy what they're doing, this propaganda. And I, I get on my soapbox on this. I'll let you share your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, we talk, when you say raping young people's minds, I'm not talking, you and I are not talking about just the uh, young people's minds outside the church. We're talking about young people's minds who are children of believers who go to church every Sunday. Yes. So, in one hand, and I love what Vody Bakken says about pub, uh, you know, public school. He said, when you give your child to Rome for 12 years, what are you going to expect that child to become other than being a Roman? Yeah. So the indoctrination of our children already happened, and we are seeing the rebellion, um, not just towards the attitude towards the parents' authority, but also rebellion against God. We see a lot of people being challenged um, as far as uh, young people being challenged with their faith the moment they got into college because they have no solid foundation. Um, uh, look, even with my own kids, even though we homeschool, 
you know, some of my kids, because they're influenced by their friends or the media or whatever it is, which we, we took the, their phones and social media away the moment we start seeing this, but uh, the world is coming after my children and they are being challenged with their own faith. So just because I'm in the ministry, just because I'm a missionary, that doesn't mean my children or my family immune from the influence of the culture of the world. Satan is very crafty, and he will come after, especially after God's people. He will challenge you. This is a spiritual war. And, that, and what we are seeing in our country, what we saw in D.C. and politics, we are seeing the demonic spiritual war, the activity manifesting itself in reality in the physical realm through these corrupt politicians and bankers and deep states and Illuminati's and all of the Freemasons and all of these secret societies, then they're no longer secret anymore because now they call them think tanks. Huh. And these are the globalists. These yeah. are the ones who are bringing and ushering the uh, Antichrist globalist uh, government. And uh, well, when I talk about spiritual warfare, many, some Christians, they look at me, they say, oh, this is mysticism. I say, wait a minute. <laughs> God gave us that idea about what spiritual battles in the, in the heavenly realms. He gave us the armor to fight the spiritual battle. So if there is no spiritual warfare, why would he put that in his word? Exactly. You might as well take that spiritual armor, Ephesians chapter 6, out of the Scripture. Yeah, I don't get it, and I've been a one that's been on the front lines with you and so many other pastors and godly men, patriot pastors that I've been able to interview and talk with on the podcast, that, that we need to do more, yes, Share the gospel, teach the Word of God in church, make disciples. And then what do you do when you step outside the church? That's, it's like there's this disconnect with people thinking, well, you know, culture is the world and politics is the world. Well, I'll tell you, anyway, I don't want to go back down that path. I do well, want, go ahead. It's really a byproduct of, uh, you know, the, the preachers. Uh, what are they preaching? And the reason that uh, many Christians being caught off guard uh, or, uh, you know, just kind of dumbfounded about what's been happening to their own country because they have not been equipped and educated about what's happening in our nation. And people say, well, well you, you need to separate church and state. And that's exactly the result of what the church, again, I have to separate American Christianity versus biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity, these are the remnants. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the majority of churches in America who are practicing American Christianity, which yes. allowed the culture to influence the church and then the church influence in the culture. Amen. So you have these pastors are babying these or lulling the, the Christians to sleep, not talking about social issues, not talking about uh, political issues, not talking about, and all they talk about is, the, you know, uh, health and wealth and prosperity, and it's about me and my feelings, but it's all about psychological nonsense. So as a result of that, they are dumbing down the, the church members and not really opening their eyes and being the watchman on the wall as a pastor, being watchman on the wall, equipping their people to the spiritual storms. The spiritual storms come manifest itself in different ways, whether it be cultural, whether it be political, whether it be spiritual, whether it be religious and from different religions and so forth. And we are not, uh, these, these pastors are not doing their job. Woe to them when they stand before God, because they are deceiving God's people. They have been instruments of the enemy, because they are not feeding Jesus' flock. What did Jesus say to Peter? Do you remember? 
by the Sea of Galilee? Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And these people are not feeding God's sheep. It's mm. God's sheep. It's not the pastor's sheep. So yes. they forgot whose sheep they are over. Hmm. And, and as a result of this, we have a lot of distraught, quote-unquote, Christians who are now um, are living in fear, mm-hmm. living in uh, wondering what's going to happen to us, what's going to happen to our nation. And I'm always, my message to people like that, so brother, go back to the basics. Go back, oh sister, go back to the basics. Go back to the foundation. Read your Bible. Study the scripture. And let know that God is on his throne. He allowed things to happen for a purpose. When he allowed the pandemic to take its course, and of course we could talk about the pandemics, which is attack from China on America and the world and all of that. We could talk about that and separate thing, but he allowed it to happen. He allowed people to get locked down because all of this. But what are the results of this? He turned a bad things, bad situation to good. Like what he was saying, you got people who say, you know what? I'm spending time with my family. I'm discipling my kids. I'm ministering to people. Uh, to be honest with you, God has given me so many opportunities to witness in, during the pandemic, pandemic because people were just uh, afraid. Yes. And when they see individuals like yourself and myself who have joy, have confidence, and they are questioning, what makes you so different than me? And what an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. So I tell these uh, Christians, go back to the basics, trust in the Lord, even in this election, the result of the election, even with the new administration that's coming, which is evil as far as I'm concerned, and the church needs to get ready for persecution. Even in the middle of that, trust in the Lord, because even in the middle of this, we still have it good comparison to the first century Christians who were brutally uh, uh, thrown to the lions, crucified, thrown in the dungeon, starved, tortured, yet we are the byproduct of their persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing real quick, Elijah, we've got uh, three minutes before we have to take another break, but... The, what I had Dr. Andy Woods on yesterday, we talked about false narratives that are dividing. He's a good friend. I like him. Awesome. I love him. We, we uh, talked about not only the country, but the church. We have to be careful. There are a lot of never-Trumpers in the church for whatever reason. I believe it's irresponsible. I'd rather have them not vote than go to the polls and vote for someone like a Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But I want to read a quote that um, Shane Eidelman shared. He said, false narratives that appear real can divide us. Some say President Trump denies and attacks all who disagree with him. He said, um, although I agree, the way he communicates could be toned down considerably. I would challenge folks to look at what the president has actually said and then compare that to what is said by the media and the left about the president and tell me who's primarily responsible for normalizing slander and ridicule. The president is hated not because of his character, but because of what he stands for. And finally, he said he's a disruptive force. If the abortion industry, George Soros, most of the media, Antifa and Hollywood are on your side, are you sure that you are on the right side? And this is to Christians. Your thoughts? Right. I I totally agree with that. And look. I come across a lot of some uh, even uh, friends who are in the ministry, some Christians, 
um, who just abhor, they just don't like the president. And my question is very simple. I said, well, what is it that you don't like about the president or the, how he says things or his tweets? I said, okay, uh, if, if we have an honest and decent media that will ask the right questions, if you notice when he have an interview, he's, he's communicating straight ahead. He's not uh, belligerent or anything like that because they are giving him an opportunity and a voice, a channel to talk. But when they deny him that, what other way that he could communicate other than the tweet? And the way that he does it, he's not going to lie down. He's a fighter. He's from New York. He's, he's tough because he's been in the building. He worked with crooked politicians all his life. So he knows how they think and he knows how he could win. But that's his personality, the way he communicates. But I'm, I always challenge my friends. I said, look. Put that aside, but look at what this man has done, this president has done. First, what he has done for the church. He has get, challenged the Christians, especially about the 501c3 status. He told them, even when he was running for president back in 2015, and he said, what you guys, when you accepted the 501c3, you should shot yourself in the foot. You should never do that. You need to get rid of that. He understood that 501c3 then the IRS or the government have a say-so into how you conduct ministry and this and that. But also, what did he do for the Christians globally? He has really stood up for the persecuted Christians overseas. He also flipped the uh, immigration that Obama did, where it was about 98% of the refugees coming to America were Muslims, and uh, mainly men between the age of 17 to 60. I remember that. And he flipped it to where a majority of the refugees are the persecuted Christians stuck in re- refugee camps for a number of years because of the Obama policy. Mm. Uh, also talk about the freedom of speech and all of the lot of things that you... Oh, how about the unborn children mm. uh, the, for the uh, uh, anti-abortion movement? Uh, movement lot. He's the first and the only president that he spoke at a rally for the unborn child. Yep. So I look at what he does, not a whole lot on what, how he says it. I see what he says and I understand what he says, but of the how, the how is he's just frustrated. There is no other opportunity that he can talk. Yes. So we've, just- we've got to take a break, Elijah. Hold that thought. More with Elijah Abraham when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Elijah Abraham, and uh, we're going to continue some thoughts now on just what's been happening in the country and how Christians shouldn't back out of culture and shouldn't avoid, quote, politics, because political issues are moral Issues, And I just want to share a quote, Elijah, and get your feedback. Stuart Shepard is the director of uh, First Liberty. He's the host of First Liberty Live, and he's down there by you in Dallas. And the other, right. night, the other night he said this. He said, I am sad for America tonight. President Trump's demeanor is unarguably problematic, but his actions proved unequivocally that conservative policies actually produced the promised results in the real world tangible results, remarkable results. He expanded protections for the unborn. He expanded protections for religious freedom. He placed many good people in the nation's courts. He brought offshore money back to the U.S. He brought back manufacturing jobs. He stood up to China. He ended NAFTA. He brought the lowest 
unemployment ever seen. Obama didn't build that. Trump did. So to me, a principled position was not to be a fan of him, but to be a fan of his policies. And whatever those who voted against him and those who tilted this election against him may think of Trump, Joe Biden is surely not the answer. The Obama-Biden administration proved unequivocally that progressive policies do not produce the promised results in the real world. In fact, they proved destructive to families, to marriage, to the economy, to religious freedom and to national security. Not to mention, as vice president, Biden used his children to skim millions from foreign governments, governments that will now look for a return on their money. That's reprehensible and dangerous. And frankly, in spite of all the overly confident news media claims to the contrary, as someone who has watched many elections over the years, I simply cannot believe he got 80 million votes. So while it now appears that Joe Biden will carry the unearned title of president, I am, a, I am an American who will oppose everything he stands for. Stuart Shepard. Elijah, your thoughts. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I could not say it better. Um, I, te- I definitely agree with every word that he said. Mm. Um, and I've been in your show during the Obama years, and we talked so many uh, times about uh, the policies that he uh, he did. Yes. And it's not just Obama, Obama and Biden together, and the policies uh, of Clinton uh, Foundation as well. Mm. Um and that, and that, and I like what he said that uh, we should not be fan of the man, but of the policies and the actions that he did. And I, that's why I'm I'm fan of that. Um, look, I'm even sometimes when the president says certain things, I cringe. It's like you know I could have said it better. Why somebody could talk to him about this? But I look at the action and the policies that he's done, uh, and it was it's been great. Yes, it was great. Even when I was traveling overseas. You know, I could see the respect in these countries when I go in into the, um, you know, uh, the uh, passport, trying to get the the custom, trying to get my uh, passport stamp at the address. Uh, when I have an American passport and the person before me had not, does not have an American passport, I could see the treatment totally favorable to me than others. So that earned the respect internationally. And even during this election, do you know what was happening overseas? There were rallies overseas for Trump at the em- in front of the embassies, American embassies, wow. and for consulates. Mm. It was happening in Toronto. It was happening in Nigeria. It was happening in Japan because they understood that with with a weak American leadership, their life will change as well. Mm. Their country will be affected by it. So they wanted a strong leadership. They wanted a leadership that's uh, pro-freedom, pro-democracy, pro-religious freedoms, uh, and they did not want the globalists. And, and that's really what I'm trying to help people see, why Trump succeeded in spite of all of the attacks. And my goodness, never a day for the last four, day, four years, he was not a headline and attack relentless uh, that should tell you something yep. if you're not attacked you're not doing your job mm. yeah it was relentless against him uh, we should never forget what the democrat media did and has done for not only the last four years this started way back 
even before um, right. Obama was elected. Remember right. Sarah Palin when she was right. uh, campaigning with John McCain on the VP ticket, how she was unfairly attacked because she was a threat. They were afraid of her. She had a 83 percent right. approval rating as governor of Alaska. We won't go back to that history, but that was when journalism officially died. So why would we, right. we be surprised that now Trump is all about America and, and conservative and even Christian policies and he is a threat. So you mentioned other countries, Elijah. The Great Reset has been something we've been talking about and a lot of Christians are finding out about. But there was a poll that came out. I don't remember who did the survey. But over half of Christians ha still haven't heard or didn't know. They were unfamiliar with the Great Reset. This is the right. globalist agenda. Are you concerned right. about that? I'm very concerned about it. And that's something uh, the media here in America are aiding and abetting the enemy. Yes. They should not call themselves journalists. They should not call themselves news outlets or media. They are basically their cooperation and they are an extended arm of the globalist Democratic Party and the Communist Party in America. Yes. And that's what we are. Uh, I should not call. Uh, I've, you've heard me say this on the air a number of times. I really don't address the Democratic Party as Democratic Party. They are the Communist Party period. Mm -hmm. They have lost the JFK Democratic Party values years ago with the progressive ideas. The progressiveness or uh, progressive movement is communist movement, and that's all it is. And it took even conservative uh, talk shows like Rush Limbaugh and others, it took them years until they start saying communist. And they keep saying socialist, socialist, no. Or they keep saying progressive, no. It's communist. And for people to understand what communism really means, just go to a totalitarian country where there is only one king, there is only one president, there is a police state. Just go to these third world countries. You will understand what kind of life America will be. And for the Christians, they really need to pray. Mm. We need to pray for the next 12 days because next 12 days is going to be turbulent because Pelosi, she's gnashing her teeth. She wants to impeach the president. She wants to get rid of him. Even she does not want to wait 12 days. Why? Because they want to destroy him personally. If they have it, that's with typical communist takeover. They just don't want to win uh, as far as taking over our country. They want to kill the person. They want to destroy his legacy, not just his legacy, but his family. That's exactly what they do in third world countries. When a, a president takes over, he kills the opposition. Yep. That's what Saddam Hussein did. He killed everybody that's opposing to him. Yep. One thing um, that we're coming back to is not just socialism, but a level of fascism we, from the deep state and from others. We haven't seen this in America I want to go back to a quote. I think I shared this actually in my very first book called Eradicate. Um, Norman Thomas was a six-time U.S. presidential candidate for the Socialist Party of America. He died in 1968. And here's what he, this quote is attributed to him. He said, the American people will never knowingly adopt socialism, but under the name of liberalism, they will adopt every right. fragment of the socialist program until one day America will be a socialist nation without knowing how it happened. And right. Elijah, you said that there's a communist infiltration in America. What's the difference? And is there such a big is, is there a gray area now between 
democratic socialism and communism in America? Well, socialism is really it's a, a byproduct of communism. Communism kind of towards the background. It's more like what you have the deep state. The deep state is not going to tell you I'm a deep state. They, they will manifest themselves in liberal agenda or progressiveness. Mm-hmm. But the deep states in their own core are communists in their ideology. They are anti-God, anti-freedom, anti-speech, anti-personal property, anti-individualism, anti-business, anti-everything, anti-freedom. And also part of their agenda and part of the communist agenda is that humanity have no value. That's why you see um, uh, in in Soviet Union uh, under Stalin over 20 million of his own people he has you know he killed whether they either tortured or concentration camps or starvation uh, and the Mao same thing tens of millions of Chinese were killed because of that why because they don't believe in God and humanity humans are just numbers they just worker bees and that's Another thing that many Christians do not understand about the reset as well as the communist globalist agenda, mm-hmm. and that is depopulation of the, of the world. That's what Bill Gates is all about yep. and people like him. They want to produce, and that's why what really concerns me about this vaccine, that we have not really had enough um, study or did not, uh, for the vaccine to go through the steps for me to be confident, for me to take it. Now, here's the other question. If, uh, you know, the new administration and Biden says, you know what, vaccine now is mandatory in all, uh, everybody in this country. Wow. Okay? Yeah. And you cannot even fly without a vaccine uh, card. When I go to Africa, I have to show a card, it's a yellow card, to show the country that I'm going to that I had the yellow fever uh, shot, hmm. which I do. But... The yellow fever shot is already being proven, and it works, and no problem, and I took it. And it's good for life. Wow. So whenever I go to Africa, I show them this yellow card. But now, are they con- going to command or demand every country I go to, every now, every state, even domestic flights? Before I board, I have to show them this card that I had the vaccine? Hmm. Think about that. Yes, that... Where are, where's, where's the freedom of choice? Where's the freedom of speech? And where's freedom of... And here they are. And when they talk, when it comes down to abortion, they say, "Oh, uh, we are uh, in control of our body. The woman has a choice of, over her body." Okay, don't I have a don't I have a choice over my body that not, I don't want the vaccine at this time? Not when it I comes to vaccines. Yeah. This really works. Yeah, that's going to be scary. And that's this is a setup. Almost we can almost see this. Those who study biblical prophecy. It, for the mark of the beast. The vaccine is right. not the mark of the beast, but it's that right. scenario where there's going to be this thing that's going to be required, and wow, right. and to, to travel or to buy and sell. There's all well, kinds of things happening. Yeah. We have one more minute, Elijah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, think about this. It, you cannot even probably go to Walmart. Probably he will make it, you know, uh, or, or by, uh, Biden and uh, Harris. Uh, they might make it as uh, mandatory. You cannot even go to Walmart without showing that card that you have the vaccine. Mm. That means you cannot buy food. You cannot get gas unless you show them the vac- vaccine card. Think about that. Wow. You, you said it right at the beginning. You said O'Biden-Harris. Yeah, it's going to be O'Biden. The O'Biden-Harris well, administration. O'Biden is only going to last about no, no more than six months as far as I'm concerned. It's going to be Harris. So, it's going to be President Harris yeah, then. Harris yeah. is going to be the first woman president that the American people really did not choose. <sighs> 
and she does not deserve. And 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 she's scary. And talk about a wicked woman. I said it. She's right. evil. She's antichrist. She's a wicked woman. And you can quote me on that. Elijah, 30 seconds left. Share just some encouragement with some people, the perspective that we need right now. Well, we have to keep that in the scripture. And one of the things, whenever I'm, I feel down or challenged, I always go to the scripture, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 and 4. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any crying or mourning. The first thing will pass away. And Revelation chapter 22, verse 4, it tells me, and we shall see his face and God's name will be on our forehead. Mm. That's what keeps me going. That's what we need to encourage one another. The day will come where we see we'll see God face to face. Thank you. Revelation 21 was that? Revelation 21, verse 3 and 4. Yep. And Revelation 22, verse 3 and 4. And he is making all things new, right? That's what Jesus said. Elijah Abraham, thank you so much. We'll have to do this again, uh, hopefully in the next month or two. And uh, we appreciate your time, brother. God bless you and your ministry. God bless you, and thank you for having me. All right, when we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are next week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Monday, Jay Siegert will be with us from the Starting Point Project. Tuesday, Mike Gendron of Proclaiming the Gospel Ministries. You will hear from Shane Eidelman, Mike Abendroth, and God willing, Pastor Steve Smotherman, who's got a $10,000 fine because his church had services around Christmas. And uh, we're not sure that's either going to be Wednesday or Friday. But another great week of guests. Thank you guys so much for your prayers and your support. Have a great weekend. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.